This is the Ghost Podcast and Coping with Ghosting, and we're teaming up to answer more ghosting questions on this episode. Hey, Greta, how's it going? Good. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. Doing okay. So we got a lot of questions this time. I am excited to talk through these. Do you want me to read you the first one? Oh, that would be perfect. Thank you. So this one is about a friendship ghost, and I'm going to go ahead and read the question to you. So I have an online friend. I think that's important to specify. We have never met in real life, but we became close and talked for many years. They have a history of depression and anxiety and tend to disappear frequently, sometimes for months at a time without a reply. They always say sorry and that there's no excuse, but they keep doing so. I always forgive and accept them back. Now it's been almost over a year, the longest they've been away. I see that they're active posting on Instagram, but don't reply to me. It hurts because I feel, I don't feel like a priority, even though they told me I mean a lot to them. I often check in and send stuff, but it's starting to get to me. I don't know what to do. Should I keep checking in? Do I move on? Do I let things be? How do I handle this? Yeah, I have a lot to say about this. Your frustration is valid. This person is completely ignoring you and that I know how painful that is. So, and while I know you hope that they will pop up again. If they do, I wouldn't be surprised if this happens again. This is a cycle that is repeating itself over and over again. And it's a real red flag when somebody's behavior does not match their words. I know that you said that they've been in your life for a long time. And they've said that you meant a lot for them, but they're just really not acting like that. And so I have a suggestion. I have some homework for you. I want you to journal about why you want to connect with a person who treats you this way. You know, what are you gaining by trying to rekindle a friendship with somebody who doesn't prioritize you? And see what comes up. I really think there are some deeper issues here that probably stem from childhood. And I want you to explore that. And since this person has a pattern of ghosting, I would not reach out to them again if it was my, if I were in your shoes. We must let go of what injures us. So it's pretty clear this person is unavailable. They're physically unavailable. They're emotionally unavailable. And it's important that you shift the focus of your energy back onto yourself. Maybe you could join a team like a sports team or clubs or groups, work on building friendships in your area that are rooted in real life. And I think that little by little, you will start to really feel like you've found new friends and that this person, you could kind of just let them go because you've moved on and you filled your life with other things like self-care and clubs and activities that really fill you up and lift your spirit as opposed to drain you. I think sometimes we feel like ghosting behavior is separate from the person's personality. So, you know, you may think, well, that I really like this person, they're important to me, but sometimes they ghost me. But I think what people need to realize is that ghosting is part of who they are. It's not something they're doing by accident or it just happens. Sometimes it's really part of who this person is overall, that they 
are not the type of person who is considerate of your feelings, considerate of your time. And you have to think of your friendship and this person's personality, including the ghosting. And I think if you can look at it that way, instead of trying to see the ghosting as like a separate uh, experience you have with them, you'll realize that this is really not a healthy relationship. This person will not be able to be who you need them to be in terms of consideration for you as a person, consideration of your time. And if you can accept that, I think it'll be easier for you to understand that the friendship probably should come to an end and to separate that person from your life. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. That's really, those are really powerful words. I can ask the second one, which comes in from my Facebook group. It says, what can we do against love bombing? I can't send him away in the beginning when I like him. And I think this is such a great question. And I just wanted to define love bombing for people who don't know. Uh, It's when people you're dating in the beginning do these grand gestures to get you hooked. And then later on, they manipulate you or ghost you. So an example could be, they take you on a big trip. They, okay. Now, as I said it, I just remembered uh, date number two with my ghost was actually a ski trip where he took me to a different state and we went on all these, uh, uh, and he paid for my ski lessons and the hotel and everything. And now that I'm thinking about it, okay. Yes, I was, I was definitely love bombed. Um, and he's, and they're just like over the top suite. They, they make you feel like, you're one of the coolest people in the world. You're the most special, most beautiful person ever that you're the only person for them. And then they pay for everything. And then they all of a sudden disappear or do other types of mean behavior. Um, Typically the people who do this are narcissists. And I understand what you're saying. You know, you just don't feel like you can send them away in the beginning because you do like them and that's part of it. But if you are aware of the signs, which of course I wasn't 10 years ago when I was on that ski trip, um, then you can recognize them. Right. And, and really take a step back and think, do I want this? Is this really love bombing? And maybe read a few articles about it, get familiar with it. If you do really feel like you are being love bombed, you can send them away in the beginning. You absolutely must have the self-respect. You have to protect your heart. You don't get sucked into this mess. This is a relationship that you want to flee like it's a burning building and hold on tightly to your dignity and get out because I promise you it is not worth it in the end. It is a painful, painful situation to be in. I was going to say something similar, the sentence, I can't send him away in the beginning when I like him. Yes, you absolutely can. And you should. And similar to the last question, again, love bombing is not who this person is. It's a specific tactic they're taking to overwhelm you. It's not representative of their personality. And if someone is going to act like that and treat you like that, you don't really know who they are. That's not really, they're not really, it's not really about you. It's about them. And definitely, like Greta said, you should run. All right. Our next question, and this is another good one. Why do ghosts orbit? And should we talk about what orbiting is really quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and define it. 
So orbiting is when your ghost still follows you on social media and interacts with you from that perspective. So they might watch your stories or they might like your posts. So even though they won't actually talk to you through text or person or an email, but they're still kind of orbiting in, in your life from a social media perspective. So why do people do this? Honestly, I think this question could be answered in a million different ways, depending on which ghost you ask. I don't think it's just one specific thing, right? Because all situations are so unique. Who knows what people are really thinking? So I'm going to provide a few answers of possibilities, but really the bottom line is that the orbiters are just really unconscious about your feelings. They probably just don't know how you feel. They don't know that this is something that's going to impact you. And they could do it because maybe they're just genuinely curious about what, what you're up to. And maybe they want you to think about them. Maybe they want to keep you on the back burner so that they can rekindle the relationship. Or maybe they're just thinking like, oh, huh, did I make a mistake by leaving this person? Maybe they're reconsidering getting back together with you, or they're just curious to see how you'll respond if they like something of yours. I just, I think that it could be anything. I've also heard that, oh, I just, you know, I just play all my Instagram stories at once and they were my friend. And so I just, it just went through you know, the person I ghosted stories, it wasn't like I was watching it or anything. So like their phone could have just been playing all the stories at once and they didn't even notice it. If somebody did ghost you and they're now orbiting you and you're aware of this, I just, it's a, it's a huge reminder to please, please block people when they ghost you, unfollow them, delete them. Don't let them haunt you in this way. You don't want to be with them. This is unattractive and mean-spirited behavior. If you do feel in danger, though, I have to do a caveat now. If you feel in danger, like the person who ghosted you uh, might harm you or something like that, maybe don't block them from your phone because you do actually want a record. If they start contacting you and harassing you, you do want to keep that on your phone as a record in case anything happens in the future. But at least on social media, please just don't give them access to your life. They do not deserve this. Blocking is an act of self-care. I don't know for sure, but I suspect that most ghosts, after they go someone, they tell themselves a different narrative other than the fact that they treated someone really poorly and ghosted them. I think a lot of them in their heads justify it and sort of excuse the behavior or maybe they convince themselves that it really wasn't that bad. And I feel like sometimes they want to leave that door open to possibly come back. Yeah. And orbiting is a way that they feel they can stay in your life without confrontation or conflict, possibly. And that's that's not acceptable. I mean, the way they treated you is not acceptable. It's not someone that should be should have access to your life. So I agree with what you said, Greta. Definitely remove them, block them if you need to unfollow, don't allow them to orbit you if they've treated you this way. And just one other thing to mention is that it does take longer to heal the 
more access that person still has to your life and you have to them. And so that's another reason why going no contact is really important to the healing process, because every time they read your story or like a post, that's another trigger for you. And it's almost can like, yeah, it can almost like restart the clock or the healing process. So that's another reason, like you said, self-care blocking is self-care. Yeah. It's just bad for your mental health to see them pop up all the time. So right. thank you, you keep, for adding that. Yeah. yeah Cause you keep thinking about them. Mm-hmm. The next question is I have my ghost's belongings. What do I do with them? Well, it's kind of like orbiting. I mean, if you just have their stuff all over your place, then you're going to be haunted by it. So I would definitely first start by putting it all in a box or the corner of a room under a tarp, someplace where you cannot see it. And I also wouldn't keep it. I would actually contact the ghost and text them or call or whatever your preferred method of communication is and say, I'm putting your stuff on the street tomorrow. It's your last chance to pick it up. If you want it, get it. If not, I'm going to donate it to Goodwill. And here are the hours where I'm just going to put it outside, you know, on my doorstep. If you, if it's really expensive stuff, then I would probably do the same. Know. Do the same. Yeah. <laughs> I, I still think, I still think so. But if it's like super sentimental, then like maybe I would get in contact, like, I don't know, just out of, because I'm an, I'm a nice person. I'd be like, okay, well, if this is like a family heirloom, I would try to like get in contact with their parent or whatever, like drop it off with a family member. You know, unfortunately there's so many different scenarios with ghosting. Some of them actually have kids together. That's something you might want to discuss with your lawyer, but in general, I just, I would try to get it out of my place as soon as possible. And we've just given you a couple of different methods of how to do that. So I think the priority is to, to make sure that you, you are not seeing it. Cause like circling back to what you said, it's, it's triggering, right? It's, this isn't going to help you in any way, shape or form. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I think give them a time or a deadline. And if they don't respond, then you've, you've done your part and get rid of it. Like you said. Yeah. All right. Here's our next question. This is a little bit of a long one. I was hoping to find something to say to a lover who suddenly ghosted me three weeks ago after eight months of regularly seeing him twice a week and texting daily. As someone who is in the midst of separation from a 25-year marriage and was recently ghosted after an eight-month regular casual relationship, casual, not that, that I knew from the beginning was not going to go anywhere. It was my escape, the little love I was getting, trying to survive the pain of the end of of my marriage. I ignored the red flags. The idea of another end was too painful, so I stayed. Although I felt tortured emotionally as he was pulling back, and the more he did so, the more I wanted to see him, like I was addicted. I know this person was not my person, but I got attached despite that knowledge and now suffering so much. Double whammy with the end of my marriage. You don't suggest anything when ghosted after a long-term casual relationship would love a suggestion. Sometimes I feel like going to his house and confronting him in person, and I feel too fragile for this. I know it won't do me any good. It's so hurtful. I don't know what to do with myself. I feel so abandoned, so disrespected, so let down. Thank you for any help you may bring. Mm-hmm. I feel, I really feel for this person. I've, I've been in this situation, not exactly this situation, but I know that feeling. And it does create that almost like desperate feeling. 
And what you have to do is you just have to have self-respect and dignity, and you just have to cut this person off your life, out of your life from all the aspects we just talked about, social media, any type of contact, block them, and you will get over it. It might take you about six months until you really feel okay and, and beyond this, but I don't really think there's anything else you can do here. And I'm so sorry that you got ghosted after such a long-term relationship. Me too. Yeah. And I just want to point out that the majority of my coping with ghosting podcasts can really help you with this because no matter what the situation is, whether it's friendship or friends with benefits or a spouse who left, a lot of the things that I talk about in all of the episodes of this podcast hold true, you know, just really strong self-care practices and how to process your feelings and all of that really great information. So I'd, I'd look back on some of those and I just want you to know that you, you didn't deserve this. Um, this person leaving has nothing to do with your worthiness for love. And I know, I know that this person made you feel so good, but like you mentioned, there were red flags so at this point, I just want you to know that if you're, if you're in this really upset state, just feel your feelings. Don't suppress them. We have to feel the heal. So journal about it. And it's okay if you need to cry a lot and give yourself a hug. This is a grief period that you're going through and you can get through this. And with grief, it sometimes it doesn't end, but it does change and you grow around your grief. So right now I just encourage you to amplify your self-care and show yourself all the love that you wanted from your ghost. Take some time and do some breathing exercises and get a massage, just do things to feel good and spend time with your kids. I would just shake up the normal routine and go, go to a gym or go skydiving. Um, and then talk to people, talk to your friends, your family, people who won't judge you for this situation, talk to them about it. And even if you want, you can sign up for coaching with me and we can, we can explore this more deeply together. I think you also have to commit to ending and getting this person out of your life. And that's part of that commitment is knowing it's going to feel really bad for a while, that that's going to be part of this process and understanding that and knowing that you will get through it. And I know for me, I it really helped me to listen to a lot of podcasts and read a lot of books. Like one of the books I read that was really good is called Single on Purpose and a lot of resources out there just to help you understand that this is actually really common behavior, unfortunately. A lot of um, dating culture has changed to this type of behavior being really acceptable. And understand that it's it's not you, it's not even necessarily the person who, who did this to you, but this is now part of how dating is. And the best thing you can do is to value your time, have respect for yourself, and commit to moving on. So I'll go ahead and I'll read the next question. I've been Googling about my problems and I've discovered terms, which I was previously unfamiliar, such as catfishing, gaslighting, and a few more that I don't remember at the moment. Apparently these concepts are sometimes connected. And I think I was catfished 
gaslighted and ghosted. However, this is all new to me. And other than the definitions online, which are helpful, I don't really understand a lot of it. Are these modern terms for basically treating people like garbage? I'm 53 years old and maybe I'm outdated to the current language. So Greta, we did an episode about this, actually. We did a whole podcast about ghosting terms. So that might be a good place to start is go listen to that episode. And we also created a ghosting dictionary, which is on both of our websites, which we'll also reference that in the show notes. And I also wanted to mention that Bumble actually has a pretty robust um, resource page And I'll link that in the show notes as well, but they talk about a lot of these terms and they explain them. So there's definitely resources out there that you can look up what these terms are and also just Googling them as you come across them. And I would agree with you. Yes. A lot of these are basically modern terms (laughs) for treating people like garbage. (laughs) I think, I think that's so funny. I want to write underneath my, underneath the dictionary on the website, just be like modern, AKA modern terms for treating people like garbage. Cause that's, that's the truth. And it's so sad that this is the truth that they've had to come up with all these crazy words because to describe terrible behavior. Oh yeah. It breaks my heart. I mean, empathy levels are just so, they feel so low. And I know there's new studies coming out about that, but it's just, it's really unfortunate the way our, our dating culture is these days. Yeah. It's just this whole trend of, you know, people being able to hide behind a screen and not realizing or not realizing, but not having that empathy piece and know that there are people on the other side of the screen and you're treating them the the way that you're treating them is just, would you want to be treated that way? You know? Right. Yeah. And even then when you go on these dates, like I've been on a date where I was gas lit. Is that what it is? Or (laughs) the past tense gaslit. Yeah. Gas gaslighting. So that's psychological abuse. It's basically when people lie and manipulate you to slowly gain control of you. And so they might tell a story that happened differently, or they'll say, you don't, you don't remember what really happened, do you? And then you're, you feel like you're going nuts and you feel like you need to apologize all the time. And there's a lot of anxiety around it. And so, yeah, even, even when you get off just the apps and you meet them and you start going on these dates, it's just like, it can, it can get pretty brutal out there. Yeah. So just, these people often do have uh, personality disorders. Gaslighting is common with narcissists and psychopaths. So definitely two, two-faced people. <laughs> yeah. And I think it is important to do the research and learn about what these are so that you can spot them and not waste right. your time right. and also avoid you know heartbreak and getting into any type of relationship with people who practice this type of behavior. Yeah, exactly. Unfortunately, I know it's a whole added layer of work that we have to do to go on dates, but I think it's really important to understand because it it does happen so frequently, especially even just when you're swiping, there's so many things on the profiles that you can see to know that you don't even want to swipe right, if you will, because the red flags are already present. Well, that's all of our questions we have today, Greta. Thanks for doing this episode with me and we will link in the show notes, the resources that we mentioned, and we'll also do another episode in the future with more questions. So please submit them. 
Yes. You can email me. It's coping with ghosting at gmail.com or find me on social media at coping with ghosting and my website, coping with ghosting.com. And you can find my podcast at theghostpodcast.com or on Instagram at the ghost podcast stories, or you can also send me an email at the ghost podcast stories at gmail.com. As always, thank you for listening. Take care.